Welcome to the other 420. And it's not the 420 you think it is. I'm Sue. And I'm Jill. And our show is about how someone in their 40s and 20s are navigating this crazy world together as Korean American professional women trying to figure out what is happening in our lives. So come join us for the ride. Welcome, listeners, to our ninth episode. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? Our, uh, you know, uh, we actually were off the whole week. So when I always think about Thanksgiving break, I think about it's not just that one day. It's about that whole week. Yeah. Um, and we were pretty, you know, Thanksgiving week, we like to just keep it calm because that's when all the activities and sports kind of wrap up. In November, so we I feel like we have a hot minute to breathe. So we actually had a great week of Thanksgiving. We had different individual like play dates or just kind of just chill um, and kind of regroup. And even the kids, they look like they needed a break. So the actual day of Thanksgiving was great too. We go to my in-laws house during the day and then we host our house at night for my family. But um, we actually... Um, don't have to do anything because it's potluck. So it's really nice. Mm-hmm. So we, um, so it was a nice Thanksgiving. And you know, f- it what felt, so I had the week off and it did feel when I went to work today, like, oh, it's been a while since I've been here. So I definitely realized that it was a good break to last me to um, the winter break. How about you? Me? On the actual Thanksgiving day, it was just... The four of us, my parents and my second brother. And so we didn't do much. We actually had Papa John's for lunch. And then we just ate Papa John's leftovers and just, you know, normal like Korean food. But then the next day for Friday, the whole entire family, including my oldest brother and my sister-in-law who's pregnant, we all rented a cab, not a cabin, like an Airbnb at Joshua Tree. And so we went down there. um, We cooked like meat and had s'mores and it was like our first time ever doing like a trip like that and so it was really nice just to have everybody there and kind of the last thanksgiving it will ever be just like with adults because next thanksgiving we'll have a little baby yeah and i think thanksgiving like i realized for um me what I hope my kids take away from Thanksgiving is exactly what you did, which is just basically spend time with family. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be the traditional turkey and mm-hmm. mashed potatoes and stuffing for it to be Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny because I feel like I've, I told you that a lot of people on my like social media feed, they were posting like Korean Americans were posting their Thanksgiving meals. And I was so surprised at how quote unquote American the food was like, there was no Korean food. It mm-hmm. was like straight traditional Thanksgiving food. Like turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, things yeah, like that. Yeah, sweet potatoes, those kinds of things. And our family has never really been like that. We always, I mean, we do have turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes, but only just, I think, because we're supposed to. Yeah. But all of us just eat the Korean food. I don't think I've ever had like a traditional American Thanksgiving like that. Never. Because we also don't have extended family. Like we actually have 
my grandma's cousin, youngest cousin who lives in America. And we've actually spent a couple Thanksgivings with them. And like, she's an amazing cook and she did this whole spread and we joined her family. But other than that, like my family, like my immediate family, we don't do like turkey, Thanksgiving, things like that. It's usually just Korean food or pizza or you things know, that we can take out for us too we didn't really celebrate because my mom is in the restaurant business so we never yeah. went out or we never had people at over because it, she was working but it only actually started um i would say 10 years ago maybe that everyone my whole family started actually getting together for thanksgiving and christmas and i think it's because my generation like my sister myself my cousins were old now so we're the ones that can yeah kind of bring it together and is it because now that you have kids i think it's because they worked hard so they don't have to work anymore yeah you know work wasn't the priority so they can get together but i know that like pretty much you know really i'm really fortunate a lot of people in my family like own houses and you know it's nice houses but my house is probably the most like conducive for a party mm-hmm. and um, just the layout and how it's not, you know, how it's set up. So, and I think it's not as difficult or I don't stress out about having people over. And luckily Jim is really good. Like we're good about yeah cleaning up really quickly. It's not that hard versus, you know, for my family members, it is hard. And so because they're older or because of this and that they've worked. So we don't mind. So we always host um, Thanksgiving and then usually Christmas. But I think for me, it was a really special time because it was the first time my family had ever done something like that. But, you know, my mom and my sister actually had like good conversations in the morning. And like there were moments where it was me and my brothers, like we were all at like the hot tub in the backyard and we were just like goofing around and playing music. And it felt like, you know, it was the three of us again. And so it was a really important time for, I think, for my family to feel like, you know, have that time just us together. So I think we'll remember it. It was yeah. really fun. And you'll do it more because you're the one, you and your siblings are the ones that planned it. Yeah, it was. Right? And I think um, that's just access to like growing up here and the language and even just how to navigate Airbnb. So mm-hmm. you'll notice that as your parents get older and you guys get older, you do more things that you never did growing up. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm curious like when we have when my brothers and when I have kids like what are we going to do like what kind of traditions and things like how we're going to meet like I'm curious how that's going to be I think you'll probably take on a lot more of the ones you'll pick and choose the ones that you want to like implement or you know not you know not do but it does change and that's where I think you see these generational changes especially of immigrants like what does the first generation look like the second the third Mm -hmm. um so for my kids, like, they ha- there's turkey and stuffing, but they always know there's, like, tons of other ethnic food. Mm-hmm. So it's not weird for them. Yeah. And we talked think- about that, right? No, we did talk about it. And it's interesting that you said people your generation did more traditional food because people on that I know, and I think when I see, like, my TikTok – when they show like their Korean like their Thanksgiving food, it's a bunch of Korean food. And so I think in my generation, in my age, like we are embracing like our food more. And I think it's because like Korean food's like popular. It's more accepted, you know, it's trendy. Whereas 
I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, exactly, right? I grew up in the 80s and 90s. In the 80s and 90s, you were more alone than you were not. You know, you reported minority yeah. versus majority. I mean, now it's like just like a Netflix, right? Korean drama yeah. is like the thing. Or BTS is the biggest global, you know, yeah. group in the world. You and see Kimbap at Trader Joe's. Trader, and it's yeah. sold out and you can't even get it. So it's definitely different versus my generation... Our parents were immigrants and they didn't, the language wasn't strong and we were all just trying to survive in the 80s and 90s. And um, it shows, right? Mm -hmm. Because it shows how we, you know, um, how we take on our own identity. Yeah. And I think, you know, and that's kind of what we talked about. Like, we wanted to talk about just our education, right? Yeah. And for me... I think, you know, I majored in Asian American studies, which, and minored in education for undergrad. And I actually don't even know why I majored in Asian American studies. But I think it's because even in middle school, I remember loving reading books like Farewell to Manzanar or learning about like the internment of Japanese Americans. Like I remember that. And those were so fascinating to me. Um, And even the stories of like diary of Anne Frank, like just Mm -hmm. learning about that kind of like experience of people. And then I think I took some classes because I went in undecided and I just really liked the professors and I like the stories and I like the, um, I like the, the understanding of how these different cultures you know, um, adjusted and adapted and immigrated to the U.S. and just the biggest, like, implications of, like, what that means for us as Asian Americans. And so, I don't know, I kind of fell into it, but I do think that majoring in Asian American studies really helped me be comfortable with who I am, Mm -hmm. understand the dynamics of the world that I live in, and then also help me guide me on how I'm going to raise my kids as Asian Americans. And I think there's even moments where you tell me to, I guess, because our topic today is about careers, and I think this is a perfect segue, but I think there's moments even in my career that I felt like, oh, I couldn't speak up or I couldn't do this. And like, you've really empowered me. You're like, you know, as an Asian American woman, like you should feel empowered to speak up. Like you should feel empowered to do this. Um, So in that way, like, I feel like, you know, you've always empowered me, like, as an Asian-American professional woman to speak up and know my place and know my worth. Well, because let's look at, like, just our dynamic of, like, school and our experiences of school, right? It's that um, we're expected to do well. We are the, like, there is this idea of model minority and what does it look like? And the problem with the model, model minority is so many... Asian Americans believe in it, mm-hmm. believe that that's what they yeah. should be. Their parents believe in it and and not realizing that not everybody fits in that box. And that's what makes it really hard, right? So with that image of model minority, we're supposed to, you know, act a certain way and and appreciate everything. Yeah. I think it's that appreciation, right? Yeah. You should appreciate, be thankful you have a job, thankful yeah. that, you know, um, people at work or, you know, that you don't rock the boat. But I think that um, it's hard enough already to be a woman in a workplace, but then to be an Asian American woman, you do have to really step back and reflect and think, 
would this be different if I was a man? Would this be different mm-hmm. if I um, was older? Would this yeah. be different if, you know, I had family that could mentor me or help guide me through these things? And I think in this time in my life, like you are a mentor when it comes to my career. Um, and I think that that's why I wanted to talk about careers this week is because it is a topic that both relates to both you and me because you're also working too. But I'm in a stage where I just started out like in my career and I'm still navigating it, but you really gave me a lot of guidance um, during this time. But I'm actually kind of curious, when you were younger, what did you want to be? I wanted to be a dentist. Really? Yeah. I don't know why I wanted to be a dentist for some reason. I could never see you as a dentist. now that I know what dentists do and things, but yeah, I wanted to be a dentist. (laughs) I wanted to be a dentist. And then... um, so when I, that, but I went into college as a uh, undecided, undeclared. Interesting. And, yeah. And then I realized, oh, I don't really like biology. Like I liked chemistry, but I didn't like biology in high yeah. school. So in elementary school. So then I think I really didn't really know what I wanted to be. So up until when did you know? So like I said, I majored in Asian American studies. And when I um, did that, in college, one of my jobs was I worked at the college preschool, and mm-hmm. I minored in education. So okay. I think at my senior year of college, I had to decide, would I apply for a doctoral program in Asian American Studies because I wanted to learn more, or do I go the other end and be work in education? Mm-hmm. So I think... If I had, if I had more mentors, um, I might have picked Asian American studies. Like if I had more people in my family that were in academia and like things like that, because it is, yeah, it is complex, right? What does it mean to go get your doctorate for seven years? What does that look like? That looks so different. Um, so I went towards the education route because I think getting a job was quicker and like Jim and I we were planning to we wanted to get married young so that path kind of led that way do you think your parents pressured you at all to like be in a certain major or like have us be in a certain career field no 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 I don't um my mom they net my mom and dad they never pressured to like go to college or um to major in certain th- certain things they were really? not that type because my mom didn't go to a college she had to she got married young because her family it's like the 80s right or late 70s so mm-hmm. like all the families a lot of korean families they went bankrupt and things like that so she wasn't able to go to college and i know that's like one of her biggest regrets but she also didn't just think that college defined your like value or worth right yeah so um no i think she even now we have discussions like to be rich and successful, you have to own your own business. Like, hmm. you can't really work for somebody else, right? But then on the flip side, my job is very stable, and I get vacation and PTO and all of those things and a retirement, so that's very stable. But I'll never have wealth, right? Yeah. So um, in that capacity, so no, she's never gave pressure. So do you think if it wasn't for you going and working in that preschool, you wouldn't have been in education then? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. But I think, 
I feel like a lot of people go into education sometimes not knowing what they're getting into because they think it's going to be something great. Like you, they think it's going to be like every day they wake up, like teach yeah. a class, and like all smiles, it. but then in actuality, it's like really tough. It's really different. Yeah. So I think people just for, it's kind of like, you know, there are certain careers that are just more female oriented, right? Like, are you yeah. a nurse? Are you going to be a yeah. teacher? Like there are certain things like that. And I do think that, um, if I had maybe different role models, mm-hmm. maybe I would have more of like, you know, I don't know would I have majored and gotten, you know, an MBA. I don't know, you know, oh, a, yeah. a totally different shift. Um, so, but I think that everything happens for a reason. And it's so funny because I've worked in many different communities. Um, and I think that my major really helped me be a better person, a better leader, be a better coworker, better yeah. um, understanding of just, you know, people. I think I really relate to what you said of you always end up where you're meant to be. Because I think for me, when I was younger, I wanted to be, I wanted to be so many things. I wanted to be a professor and then I wanted to like cure cancer and then I wanted to be a doctor. And then for the longest time, I wanted to be an OB. Like I think all throughout high school and I even took like pre-med classes in high school and then I realized, oh wow, you have to be a surgeon to be an OB and I felt like I wasn't smart enough and so I quickly changed. Um, And so I then went into college as a psych major and then I actually did not like psychology because it was so just focused on the brain and like the neurons and that wasn't really interesting but I had taken this one like sociology class and I loved it and so then I switched my major to sociology and I think soci is a good major because there's different avenues like you can go exactly like with an education or you can go into law or you can even do I know some like dentists who also have like a soci major so it is that all-around field um so when I was in college, I was, my senior year, I was in between kind of like two paths. I was in between, okay, do I go down this like one path of like mental health um, or do I go down the path of employment law? Because actually I love, I took a couple like labor union classes in college and I loved it and I even worked at the worker center um, and I It really resonated with me because I always thought about my parents and working for like workers rights and like, you know, a lot of immigrants, they don't know that they have rights either, right? Because they're like either undocumented workers, like they have rights to like 30 minute breaks and things like that. Like that's what we were like fighting for. And um, I was like, oh, maybe I should go to law school and be like a labor lawyer or something like that. But in actuality, like I think if I did if I went to law school, I would have then been like suckered into doing like corporate law or people would have been like, well, there's no money in like employment law. Why would you do that when you could do this type of law? And at the end of the day, I wanted, I thought about like what would sustain me and like in order for me to have like a long lasting career. And I think I ended up choosing the path that is best for me. And so I went down kind of like the mental health path and then I applied to get my master's within it and now I'm doing it 
Well, I think the thing that um, I've realized, which I hope you realize, is that, you know, the job you have now or the career is not what you need to retire with. Yeah. And I think for, um, that's something that no one's ever really said. Mm-hmm. I think especially to my generation, it's more about like, you need to go to a good college, you need to have a good job and, you know, have a house and get married and have kids. And, and that's the job that you're just going to retire with. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we see it in our fam, like parents, like we have parents that have owned like you dry cleaners for 30 years or liquor stores or restaurants and they just do the daily grind right so we just think that's expected but I know so many people my age who's reached that like oh they are lawyers or they do work in corporate or they do this and this and they've done it for 15-20 years and they are not content or Mm -hmm. they're wondering what is next and that's something that I think for my own kids I want them to know that um, not necessarily I'm concerned about what job they pick, but do they have the tools to be able to um, be successful for themselves in life? So whatever they choose, are they able to be able to navigate that situation? And then if they want to shift and do something else, are they able to like really focus on that, on their life and their career? Yeah. And I think you're right. Even for me, I know that I'm going to have a second career. So I tell my friends like, oh, my second career, I'm going to be a doula. Yeah. And because I always wanted to be an OB and it's like the closest thing to be like an OB without actually being a doctor. But I feel like content in knowing that I'm not going to have to do this for the rest of my life to like I'm 65, right? Like I can do other things within my like career field and I think a lot of people in their 20s and 30s feel that. Like, if I'm not happy in my job, like, I'll just get another job. And so I feel freed by that. But I wonder if people, like, in your generation, people in their 40s and 50s, like, they feel like, well, I can't do that. I got to just wait till retirement and just... Well, I think the thing that I don't understand with your generation of this idea of, yes, okay, fine, I don't... You know, there's one thing to say, well, I don't know what I want to do, but then to do nothing or something that's like very like to work at like just a random place or yeah. do something very random um, is also really interesting to me. Like, I don't think you have to always have a career driven job, but at least utilize your college degree in some way. Like, I think ta- wasting time is something yeah. that I struggle with, like understanding. I mean, I always... I'll- also like depends on who you are and like your type of personality but do you think if you had become a dentist and if I ended up doing like law would we be content do you think I don't think your career is the only factor that makes you content though so Mm. if you find people who are not content with their work a lot of times it's because they're not content with home that's what I've noticed working with hundreds of people who all kind of do the same job I've noticed that like if you struggle with your home life, then you're going to struggle with work. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's, you're never going to be happy in this definition of what makes you happy. So I actually am very good about drawing the line of when I'm home, I'm home. And mm-hmm. work is work. I don't mix the two. And then I also don't, at the end of the day, I know it's just a job. Actually, you you bring up a good point, and I had this conversation with one of my best friends 
just yesterday. Um, so she just made of recently like a career change and she said, you know, I don't want, I felt like my identity was my job and I didn't want my identity to be my job. But I feel like recently that what you do is who you are, right? So it's like you see on TikTok, people kind of romanticize their jobs like, oh, I do this tech job and I work these hours and I get these perks and I earn this amount of money. And I feel like it is a huge part of your identity and who you are, but it's hard, you know, like if, if you don't have those jobs, then am I not, you know, is my identity like really within my job? I don't know what I'm trying to say. Do you think that that's like people who are in relationships too feel that way or it's just single people? No, she's in a relationship. Oh, that's so interesting. Because I could see how that is true for a single person. But she said that she didn't want her identity to be, her job to be her identity. But she felt like a lot of people kind of live their life like their job is their entire lives. Or their job is access to where they want to get to the next life, right? Or next phase of the life. Because you talked to me about like right now, like your middle brother, he's really focused on his school and work yeah right because he he wants to ensure that like financially he's in a place to then be able to move on to the next phase so i don't necessarily think he works so hard and focused on school because he wants that to be his identity it's just how you i think it's all about your own mindset and your own view yeah i i'm trying to think because i know some people like for instance like Virginia boy like his job was not his identity like he always saw his job as just a way to earn money to support his lifestyle but I've also met people whose careers and their jobs like is who they like their identity they're like give me an example so they're like oh like I'm at this this is like my job like let's say like a product manager and actually like by next year, I want to get to like this level and I want to earn this type of salary. And then in five years, I want to be at this. I want to be like an executive and have this job. And like, they're so focused on their career and they feel like, oh, success is getting to this place. Success is this job. But they don't see their job as like a way to support their lifestyle or a way to earn money. But they think like their whole lives are their job. And if they're happiness and their worth is based on like what level they are how much their paycheck is but i also think it depends on the person right so in that situation that person maybe that's their goals because that's what they want to achieve to make their family proud right because Hmm. the sacrifices that the family put into their um to them so that they could achieve those things so i can totally understand those things I think that, you know, like for me, I have, you know, three kids under 12, but I have a career. I have two master's degrees and a doctorate. And even though I have spent all that time working while I'll be in school, I I don't think that that's my identity, but those are goals that I have set for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that those are gone, I still have, I have those things, but I still, um, I'm just, you know, I feel like this, a part of, you know, part of my identity is a wife. Part of it is a mom. Part of it is a daughter. Part of it is, you know, being Korean American. Part of it is my job. But there's so many parts of it. 
I think that especially for a younger generation, when you're still like, if you only have your job, you don't have all those other things, then yeah, it, it, it yeah. consumes you, right? Yeah. You're if right. That's the only thing you're focused on. You have to worry about is getting up and going to work and coming back home. Yeah. You do bring up a really good point. Do you think you can make big career changes right now in your life and like where you are? So I think it's that idea of what is a big career change. Like right? being a dentist. Like you work in education right now and what if tomorrow you want to be a dentist, do you think you can do it? I think if you're fa- if you're financially able to do it, then yeah, I think you can do it. But I don't think I would want to do that now. You know, I think as you get older, mm-hmm. you actually realize what, because of all the different experience, like if you've been working for two decades, you actually know, oh, I like this, I don't like this. Okay. So I think with your friends, like it's the first few jobs that they've done, the first few times, for not even that long, because you're only in your mid-20s. Yeah. So you don't, you're not sure. Like you go into something thinking it's going to be one way and not the other. Yeah. But when you've done something for a very long time, you you know like, oh, this is not my jam or this is exactly what I'm looking for. So I think it changes as you it go through more things. Like, you know, it's mm. good to go through bad things. It's like relationships, right? It's good to go through bad relationships because it shows you exactly what, you don't want in the signs that you, you the signs that you see now you didn't see when before that relationship so if you could give advice like career advi- like one career advice to people in their 20s i guess to people my age what would be your big advice i would say number 1 it's just a job mm-hmm. so don't let it consume you but on the flip side of that, I would say it is your job, so you need to have a good attitude about it. <laughs> That's what you tell me. Yeah, you need to have a good attitude about it because it could always be worse. That's true. And with that, you know, how much of it is the job or how much is it that you are internalizing from yeah. it? Or is it how much that you are taking home that baggage? Yeah. And I would say that um, also everyone should know their worth. That's true. You should, everybody should know that they're important. So, you know, this is just, it's an interesting thing because I think I am talking to a lot of friends who are in their mid forties, who are very, have met like lots of academic success and job success, but they're now at this, oh wow, I have like 15 years to retirement. Yeah. What is next for me? Hmm. Do I just go through the motions of what I know? Or do I do something else and take that risk of change, right? Yeah. And it's not, they're not going from like, you know, doctor to lawyer. It's just more like, it's easy to be in the same cycle mm-hmm. all the time. And so uh, you have to decide, okay, am I, am I ready to get out of that cycle? Man, so much wisdom. So much wisdom or <laughs> it's one of those things that... You have to, everybody has to suffer through the experiences. And I think that's what um, you kind of do. But I would say that, man, those 20 years, because it's been about, I would say, yeah, 20 years goes by fast. If you list, think about your career, if I think about my career, 20 years has gone by really fast. And only when yeah. I look at my own resume, I'm like, oh, wow. You know, because when I think about it, it's just really quickly. Or you don't uh-huh. even look at your own accomplishments. But then when you look at your resume, you're like, wow. It's impressive, right? 
um, of how much you've done in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be you. So I always say to you, like, what can you do to add on to your resume to you make always you, say that. yeah, to get, make you have more options. Hey, now I could put podcast in my resume and I feel like now we're in the career field of being podcasters, right? Yeah. This is our second career maybe. And I do think like when we revisit this topic in six months, it'll be different. It might because be different. You'll yeah. be older and I'll be older and we've have different experiences, but, um, I'm hopefully our listeners, um, can relate to some of the things we're talking to about. But we did want to give a, um, you know, we feel like our listeners are very important, but we do want to give out a shout out to our listener, Sharon. Sharon. She, she is our uh, number one subscriber. And always that week that uh, Jill was sick, she did wonder what happened. I know she, she was really concerned and she so, reached out. Thank you to our uh, listeners like Sharon, who listen to us every week so we hope that everybody has a great week and we will uh, be talking next week see ya see ya